This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host, Brent McMillan. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. From the Bush Stadium Press Box, my name is Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us for this episode. Every so often, we get to bring in the host of our Cardinals Insider TV show, Ozzie Smith, and he brings along a famous guest, whether it's a current player or maybe a Hall of Fame alumni. He always gets some top-notch people to weigh in here on the podcast. Today's another example of that. He's going one-on-one with Cardinal outfielder Tommy Pham. Two-part interview, so we'll set it up for you in portions and then let you hear the audio. Now, just like the rest of this 2017 ball club, Tommy Pham has certainly had his ups and downs this season. But there have been moments where he has locked himself into the big league roster because of the way that he has hit. He's trying to nail down consistency. That's been a theme for Tommy throughout his career. And it's been a theme this year as well. First got the call back in 2014. And the talent is there, that's clear. But injuries and a unique eye problem have always hounded the now 29-year-old. We got Tommy and Ozzy together in the Cardinal dugout for the first portion of the interview, and that's where they discussed how Tommy got into baseball and how he persevered and eventually made it all the way to the big leagues. So here's the first part of the conversation. Ozzy and Tommy, here on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. I'm here today with my, my special guest, Thomas, Tommy, James, Sam, who has had a, uh, well, you, you were down in the minor leagues for a little bit. But give us a little background on how you got started in baseball and where it got started. I actually, uh, basketball was my first sport. Um, baseball just kind of happened for me. Uh, I had some friends in the neighborhood who played baseball, and one, one, uh, one spring, uh, my mom set me up to play with uh, the, the coach uh, who was down the street. You know, he had a son playing, and I joined the team, and it just kind of happened like that. Yeah, now um, it's, they, now I know you played, uh, you say you played basketball and, and baseball at, at the same time. They said that you had a fastball at 93 miles an hour. Come on now, that's fake news, isn't it? I used to throw 90, hard. 90, you know? 93, Tommy, come on now. Used, that, that's I, fake news. I really did throw hard back in the day, you know, prior, uh, pre-surgery, I, I had a, a good 93 arm. miles an hour? And maybe even harder. Oh, man. Tommy Pham, 93 miles an hour. I can't believe it. Come on. Look, the last time I hit the mound, actually, you know, it was in high A. We had a, we had a rain delay, and Adron Chambers placed the bet that he could throw 90. Uh-huh. So, you know, all the pitchers were, were like, no way. So Adron hopped on the mound, and, you know, he's hitting like 83 or whatever. So I said, look, I can hit 90. And I got on the mound, first pitch, 90. Second pitch, 91. Third pitch, 92. And Dennis Martinez was like, all right, I've seen enough. So you got up at night. 
three oh, throws. Did you play the infield too? Back in my prime, you know, then little next league. Next thing, you know what I'm going to hear. I know what I'm going to hear next. I'm going to hear that, well, you know, I'm a pretty good shortstop. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and tell me how good your hands were. I mean, you know, I could pick it, Ozzy. I just I couldn't throw it. <laughs> and by the year '93, you had good arms. I, I mean, it was long. Were you enough. erratic? Very. I was I was firing balls into the stance. Oh man, outfield was the best move for me. Okay, so now, what is your natural position? In the outfield, the center, right, or I came up as a center fielder. Um, I played like ninety-five percent of my games in center, so that's more natural to me, just you know, from the familiarity, um, you know. But right now, you know, we have decks, so you know, I'm just trying to get at bats right now and and play the best game that I could possibly play. Yeah. Now you got drafted in 2006. You didn't get, make it to the big leagues until 2014. Yes. What was it like? That was a long stint in the minor leagues, yeah. and that didn't come with without some adversities. And tell us about the ebb and flow of well, what it took to make it to the big leagues. It, it sounds like a long time, but there was a lot of years I didn't even play really in the minors, you know, due to injuries. You know, you, you look at 2006 to 2014. You know, that's sandwiched in between. Now there's about three years where I probably only played. 50 games, you know, so I, I really didn't have a lot of games under my belt in the minors like you would think, you know, when you look at, oh, you know, eight years in the minors, there wasn't the games underneath my, my resume as well. Um, there's a lot of frustration um, due to the, you know, the injuries um, and the, my inability to succeed in the minor leagues at first, you know, due to you know, me adjusting, uh, vision, and uh, just maturing as a, as a player and a, and a person. Well, what was it that kept you, that, that kept you going? Explain uh, to our, our, some of our young viewers the adversities that you have to deal with and how you dealt with it. I, I, I always believed in myself because I, I would see guys get called up to a next level or even to the major leagues, and, you know, I was always like, you know, I'm faster than him. I throw harder than him. I hit the ball harder than him. You know, if, if I could just hit better, you know, I, I'm there. You know, I always felt like I was close. I just had to put it together because, you know, like I said, when I evaluated myself, I, I was like, I'm, I'm better than these guys in all these areas. You know, I could be there if I just do this. You know, so I, that's, I couldn't give up on myself knowing that. You know, that, that would have been my biggest regret. Okay, now you've had a lot of different injuries. And I guess the, the most important one, and you can explain this to us, what was the eye, the problem that you had with your eyes? Oof, very, very complicated. Um, and what is it called? It's, it's called keratoconus. Um, for three years in the minor leagues, I, I didn't know I had any vision issues. You know, I just thought I couldn't hit, you know. What was it? Were you was it blurry, or did you not? Were you not picking the ball up? I, I wasn't picking the ball up. You know, there was. I was swinging at sliders, and I thought they were fastballs. You know, I would go back to the dugout, and my teammates, you know, they they would tell me that was a breaking ball. So you know, I went to go see. Uh, you know, I just went into a lens crafters one day, one day, and they're like, "Oh, you have bad vision." So I was wearing glasses that season for quite some time, and I didn't feel like the glasses helped. Um, so, like the last month of the season, I just abandoned the glasses. 
And um, at the end of the year... And what year was that? That was 08. Okay. 2008. So two, so two years now as a professional. Two years. Really, uh, you know, 06, 07, 08, my third season. Okay. You know, and uh, I made it up to high A at that point, but, but I finished in low A. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at a pretty competitive level, you know. Even with this eye, with the yeah. eye condition. Yeah, and I, I didn't know I had bad vision, so... I, w I went to go see an eye specialist out here, and they told me everything I, I you know, what was going on. And um, through that, you know, I, I, I received some clarity, and um, I, I felt like by the June of July of 2009, actually, I felt like, you know, all right, I, I, I adjusted to my lenses. I could see now. You know, let's go. And um, I felt like I took off from there. And so, what did they, what did they do? They just give you different contact lenses, or? No, nah, I I, re I had to wear um, a pretty uh, special kind of lenses, um, which you know I just learned about this past off season. You know, I'm still learning about this condition, but um, I mean, is it hereditary? It, it really is, and I'm, I'm the only person in my family that has bad vision. You know, mm -hmm. I, it's just I'm one of those one out of whatever many cases that, that come across this condition. Well, that's kind of tough as a baseball player. Yeah, like I'm, I'm lucky to is, play. Yeah, yeah to, to have the, and to be able to have the success that you've had. I mean, I think it speaks to volumes to uh, how hard you work and the time and, and effort that you put in. Yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, your work ethic is a requirement of success. You know, you, you have to work hard to be successful in life. So, you know, I, it prepares me every day and, you know, it gives me, you know, confidence in, you know, everything I do. African-American and Vietnamese, advantage, disadvantage? Uh, well, let me explain that. You know, my, my mom is full black, but she's lighter than me. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you were to see my grandma and my grandpa and you would see my, my mom and my aunt, because they're twins, you'd be like, how do they make that baby, yeah. those babies? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't look right. But my, my, my biological father, he is uh, black and Vietnamese. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm mostly black, but I, I do have a quarter Vietnamese in me. You know, I'm just, I'm really light actually in my family. You know, I have a twin sister. She, you know, she has that nice caramel skin color, you know, that I, that I don't have. You know, there's a few light ones in my family. I'm just one of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. You say you only have one sister? I have two actually. And I have a, a younger sister as well. I have a twin sister uh -huh. and a, a sister who's four years younger than us. Now, are they as talented or more talented? Or oh. How's that work? You know, sometimes the girls <laughs> in the family might be a little bit more talented. Now, tell the truth. I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. Um, both of my sisters are athletic, and I have a, a sister who, my younger one, my youngest one, she plays softball. And I remember the first time I saw her play softball because she's kind of she's uh she's big for her size. And I when I saw her take off and run, I was like, she can run. Like it's, I never knew my sister was fast. So I'm like, man, it, we got some genes in you know I guess. But my uh, my twin sister did play college ball. Um, I felt like she started playing basketball because she watched the movie Loving Basketball and you know just wanted to be like Sanaa Latham, but she could hoop a little bit, you know, I, she still thinks she's better than me, but I, you know, I'll dunk on her and everything. <laughs> there you go, you're gonna dunk. Yeah, now you're gonna tell me, yeah, you, you dunk? I could, I could, man, come on now, hey. 
Right, I'm one know. of the best athletes <laughs> in this game, man, that people don't know about. You gotta like, believe. You know, I'm yeah. dead serious. Yeah. So that that's great, man. Now, from this point, and and you've accomplished a lot to this point. What do you see, or what what is it that you want to accomplish now that you have not to this point? I would like to win a World Series. You know, because Chambers, you know, me and him are still great friends. You know, he talks about it a lot. Um, you know, and that's something that you can always cherish, you know, with not only for yourself, but, you know, with the fans and, you know, community. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing how they bring back, you know, the World Series teams. It, it's something you can always remember. Um, I would like to establish myself as, as a MLB player as well, you know, um, because through all these years, I've only had a part-time role, and I, you know, I would like to kind of seize this moment right now and, and really show everybody in this game that I could play. Next delivery to Pham is hit hard and deep to left field. It's a long one. Get out of here. It's gone, Tommy Pham has homered for the third time in this series. This time it's in the 14th to give the Cardinals a six to four lead. Ricky Horton with the call on the Cardinal Radio Network back on May 7th. That was Tommy Pham's eventual game-winning home run in the top of the 14th inning at Atlanta. Part of a four-hit, three-RBI day for Tommy. When he is healthy, he's simply electric. There's really no other way to put it. But as Tommy and Ozzy just detailed, Pham has spent a lot of time just trying to see the ball in the truest, most literal sense of the word. And here in 2017, he's also trying to see it better figuratively as well, looking for an approach which will work here at the big league level. So as we got Tommy and Ozzy up out of the dugout and onto the warning track for part two of our discussion, they dig into that a little bit. Ozzy offers some thoughts, and so does Tommy, about hitting in the big leagues, and Ozzy with a theory on why making contact is more important in this era of baseball than it ever has been in the game's past. Here's part two, a dive into some baseball theory. You've had a lot of success since you've come back. Seeing the ball good? I'm seeing it better. I can definitely say that. Um, I still would like to cut down my, my strikeouts. Because I, you know, like we talked about in spring, Oz, you know, I, for a guy with my speed, I have to put the ball in play, right? And um, you know, give myself a better chance of getting on base to score runs. Yeah. But um, I'm just trying to keep it simple. Um, stick with my routine, and uh, try to make sure uh, my my movements are are small and compact. Right. You know, just try to simplify everything, that's not make right. anything harder than what it really is. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. So it's just really trying to make sure that you, you, you see it a little bit longer and, and, and cut down on the swing when, when you got two strikes on you. I don't, I don't believe in cutting down my swing. I, I know I might sound, sound crazy for saying this, but I believe if my body's in the right position with a smaller movement, um, then I don't have to cut down my swing. I just have to kind of slow it, everything down with my movement, with my body and not my hands. You know, I, I'm still up there trying to do damage. You know, I still want to hit the ball hard because I, I could drive it. But, um, you know, I, I don't believe in, you know, choking up. And I might sound crazy for saying this because there's a lot of great hitters in this game right now 
who choke up, you know, Votto, Goldsmith, you know, but I'm just not one of them right now. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, having played this game 19 years, I think it's all part of the part of the process is is doing exactly what you're talking about doing, and 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 I think that you'll realize as as you go that with two strikes on you choking up doesn't necessarily mean that you're 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 cutting down. It's all about giving yourself more control. That's that's Con what control. That's it, what they're saying too. Yeah, it's control, and you know I. I if you watch Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds choked up. He, he used the bat, choked up all the time, and yeah. he had 73 home runs. So it's not so much about cutting down on your swings as much as about being able to control it and be able to put the ball in play. And I think that for a lot of teams now, especially if they're built from an offensive standpoint, they're probably not very good defensively. So therefore, just putting the ball in play sometimes is going to give you the opportunity to get on base and steal more bases. So that's one of the things that I, I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you guys talk about a lot, and we talked about it in spring training, and how important it is to be able to put the ball in play because that's the only way you can put pressure on a defense by putting the ball in play. I'm gonna think about this. Think about to, that. To heart. All right. A special thanks to Tommy Pham and Ozzie Smith for their time on this episode of the podcast. Anytime we can get the Wizard of Oz involved in the pod, we are going to definitely take advantage. On our 10th episode already here on the inaugural season of the CI Podcast, former episodes have included chats with Pepper Martin's daughter, uh, Bilda with the Third, joined us to talk about how the franchise began, and we had an in-depth retrospective on Whitey Ball with Steve Zesh, who is the editor-in-chief of Cardinals Game Day Magazine. To check out those and all of our other episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or visit us at cardinals.com slash podcast as well. Another episode, uh, recently we had Tom Ackerman and Randy Carricker sharing Jack Buck stories with us. June 18th was the 15th anniversary of Jack's death, and sadly June 22nd also marks the 15th anniversary of Daryl Kyle's passing as well. He died less than a week after Buck back during that 2002 Cardinals season. Buck had been sick, Kyle hadn't been, just 33 years old when he passed away unexpectedly in his sleep while the team was on the road in Chicago. The game canceled that day at Wrigley Field, and then Cub Joe Girardi stepped up to the mic to inform the crowd. I thank you for your patience. Um, we regret to inform you because of a tragedy in the Cardinal family that the commissioner has canceled the game today. Thank you. Mike Matheny was a close friend of Darrell Kyle's. Uh, Derek Gould from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch with a really good article last season in which he talked about how the now Cardinal manager pulled out the pin on his watch that day, freezing the moment in time when he lost his friend. That's all for this episode of the show. We're back every Tuesday with a new episode of the podcast. Until then, from Bush Stadium, I'm Brett McMillan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.